Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, coming up on today's show, we're going to cover the latest financial news. We're going to break down a survey between the baby boomers and Gen X that you don't want to miss. And we're going to talk about Jerome Powell raising interest rates. We've got another hike just recently. And You found Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is a fiduciary. He's an investment advisor representative with Silverleaf Financial, 30-plus years in the business, helping folks get to and through retirement. You can find him at Silverleaf Financial. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. And uh, so much more. Oh, you've got the book, too, The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Uh, Silverleaf Financial is where you get that as well. No cost for that, but it's a great little book. And, uh, hey, Kevin, what's going on? Hey, you know it. Always good to be here, Steve. And uh, yes, please check out the website, guys. If you'd like to, if you have any concerns about long-term care, just fill out a little request form. I'll be happy to send you the book. I can email it or send you a physical copy. And uh, there's some ideas on there that can save you an awful lot of money if that situation does occur. All so right. by all means, take advantage of it. Sure. And uh, so, all right, we're going to get into, like you said, it was a big week last week. Uh, another 25 basis point hike in the interest rate from the Fed. Uh, Jerome Powell is uh, leading the charge there as per usual. And uh, he's got some thoughts on, on what's going on and uh, how to plan to avoid what we need to avoid. The worst outcome for everyone, of course, would be not to deal with inflation now, not get it done. Whatever the short-term social costs of getting inflation under control, the longer-term social costs of failing to do so are greater. The historical record is very, very clear on that. If you go through a period where inflation expectations are not anchored, inflation is volatile, it interferes with people's lives and with economic activity, and you know that's the thing we really need to avoid and will avoid. All right. So, I mean, again, I think he's got a fairly honest viewpoint there. You, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take him at his word. I actually I actually think the I think the Fed has, has done a very good job, actually, considering everything we've gone through in the last four or five years in this country. Well, around the world, I guess, with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so I actually think, and obviously, you know, they were a little bit late, you know, making that call. You know, it wasn't as transitory as they thought with inflation. Uh, so they were a little bit late. 
Um, but I, I, I got to tell you though, I think, I think a lot of people are too hard on him. I think, I think it's easy to play Monday morning armchair quarterback. Oh gosh. Right? Yes. You know, I mean, I do it. I, I know all kinds of people that do it and it's easy to do it when you're sitting on your couch and you're not looking at a, you know, 400 pound lineman trying to run you over. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a lot, e- it's a lot easier to say, and I'm going to say it's the same thing with the fed and interest rates. You know, these guys are in the trenches. They've got something like what 200 economists or something working for the fed. There's all kinds of PhDs, very, very educated, intelligent people trying to figure all this stuff out. And, and I believe they're doing the best that they can. Uh, but it's obviously very, it's a very difficult situation. Nobody can anticipate, you know, all the inner workings of, of the economy and how it's going to impact the labor market, housing market and everything else under the sun. So I take him at the word. I think they're good, doing a, I think they're doing a good job actually. And, I, and, and you know what, if you look at Steve, if you look at the economy and what it's doing, the reason why the stock market just hit new hit 52 week highs recently is specifically because of the job the Fed is doing and how strong our economy is. The economy is far stronger, far better uh, than most people admitted. And in fact, a lot of you out there, the political ones will love this Morgan Stanley, big brokerage firm, Morgan Stanley, mm-hmm. just just credited Bidenomics with our amazing economy. They credited Biden and his economic policies. So just turn to Morgan Stanley if you want to, if you want to double check that guys. Um, but what I'm getting, what I'm, what I'm saying is the, I think the, the, there are people forget about two of those massive bills, which were bipartisan bills that were signed. One was the chips act. That's going to bring a ton of manufacturing jobs uh, to this country, specifically Arizona, Taiwan semiconductors building a huge plant in Arizona. Um, and, and so that's going to bring a lot more manufacturing jobs to the States as we're trying to get semiconductor manufacturers domestically, instead of having to import these things from China and and other places. Of course. Uh, So that's going to, that's going to create a ton of jobs. Um, and then also the inflation reduction act, which is going to be the first time I think in 60 or 70 years that the federal government has, has taken on anywhere, anywhere near the size of a project to fix the road, the roads and the bridges and the highways and the infrastructure in this country, which is going to create a ton of jobs. And so there have been some good things done. If you listen to the wrong television stations, you're going to think he's, you know, uh, akin to the Antichrist, I guess. But I think if you look at it objectively, uh, interest rates have come down dramatically. They were eight or nine percent a year ago. They're down to three. Uh, unemployment is still below four uh, percent. There's still one and a half jobs for every one person that's looking for a job. So I think overall, our economy is doing better. In fact, better than a lot of the other countries. We're doing better than better than the European countries, better than the Asian countries. So I think the difference is our government. And so I, I, I'm, I'm certainly willing to knock them when I think they do a lousy job, which I think a lot of them do a lousy job. Uh, but when they do something well, I want to acknowledge that as well. All right, and, fair enough. And, and so my opinion is that things are looking pretty good. All right. But we definitely do have to be concerned with inflation and you want to take a look at your investments and that's what we want to talk about, right? Yeah, well, yeah. And so, uh, well, Fox Business tackled the topic of uh, potential investments that folks can consider. So what we've got here is Euro-Pacific's Peter Schiff, Nat Alliance's Andy Brenner, and they went toe-to-toe on the best options given the inflation. Here's here's Andy Brenner. I love T-bills at 5.5%. Look, you can't get a better deal than T-bills right now. I just like accruing 5.5% for T-bills. So I'm going to stay safe. I've made some good money in equities this year. I'm going to kind of put that aside, and I'm going to coordinate into T-bills. Okay, what do you think? You into T-bills? 
Uh, actually, I am in the T-bill. That's what <laughs> I, I know. We talked T-bills. about it last week. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I started buying T-bills a while ago, both for myself and for my clients. Um, in fact, there is a, uh, a big community. Uh, we call it a reserve. It's an in- investment fund that this community has. And I, I spoke in front of them uh, quite a while back, several months ago, actually, telling them they should put money into T-bills. And, and the fact is short-term, short, now T-bills, just a refresher for those, for those out there. Uh, we have different, we have bills, notes, and bonds in the treasury market. Okay. Bills are your really short, T-bills are your really short term, three months, six months, one year, two years. Those are your T-bills. Your T-notes, treasury notes, are generally in the two to 10-year category. And your T-bonds, technically speaking, are longer term, like 20, 30-year bonds. All right. So for the record, um, when we're talking about T-bills, that means by definition, we're talking about shorter term treasuries. We're not talking the long end of the yield curve, because that is where you could really get hurt. Uh, if you're on the wrong side. And for instance, um, a little side note on that, just recently, in the last few days, um, Bill Ackman, he's a very large hedge fund, you know, another billionaire hedge fund guy. Sure. Uh, fan- fantastic stock picker. He runs, uh, God, what's it called? Pershing Square, I think is the name of it. Uh, he just announced recently that he is short. I think one of his biggest positions is shorting long bonds, Okay. So in other words, he's betting that the price is going to go down as the interest rate goes up, and therefore he would make money by shorting them. So that's why I was saying I'm not recommending to buy long-term bonds, but I am recommending uh, purchase of long-term T-bills, all right? So the short duration is what we want. You can get five, five and a half percent anywhere in the yield curve from three months to one year. Uh, And two years is right around 5% as well, I believe. Now, these do fluctuate every day, folks, but, but guys, the point that I wanted to make is that, and I mentioned this a little while back, the, the split portfolio between stocks and bonds makes sense again. It didn't make sense for a long time when interest rates were at zero and 1% because you could have half your portfolio in something not really making any money, right? Mm-hmm. But now that half of your portfolio can be making five, five and a half percent. So for most people, that is a very good, you know, it's a very good, reasonable return when you have no risk. All right, let's make sure we're not comparing guaranteed set rates with risk money or returns that you might make in the stock market because that you're comparing apples and oranges if that's what you're doing. Sure. Well, all right, so let's flip the coin and uh, hear from um, Andy, or no, we'll hear from Peter Schiff from Euro Pacific. He's got some thoughts on the missteps that the Fed had and uh, offers, uh, well, some thoughts for looking forward. There's no safety in T-bills. You got to get out of the dollar. That's what's losing purchasing power. You want to own real money, which would be gold, but you want to own dividend-paying stocks, stocks that are not in dollars. You want to be in anything that's inflation-sensitive. And so all this stuff that worked during the bubble days, that's not going to work. You got to be invested for inflationary-type stocks. So look at the 1970s. That's your blueprint for what's going to work. See the investments that worked in the 70s and get into those. Really? What do you think of that? Yeah, I don't agree with them. Okay, <laughs> I don't agree with them at all on that. Um, I okay, I agree with dividend-paying stocks. Sure, I think he said that's that. always a thing. Yeah, that's always a good. All thing. right, so so I think that's that is that is always a good thing. And, and and you guys probably know that you know about a quarter of the returns historically from the stock market are from the dividend reinvestment. All right, so the long-term returns being what eight or nine percent includes reinvesting dividends. If you take out the reinvesting, you lose about two percentage points. So. Uh, so I definitely agree with dividend paying stocks, but, but, you know, something Steve, that, that a lot of people have to be careful of, and a lot of people fall into this trap and they make a mistake when they're looking for dividend investments, they just look for the highest yield and they, and they tend to gravitate towards the highest yields. 
And you want to be very careful with that, guys, because if you're looking really, in my opinion, if you're looking at anything that has north of a 5% dividend, you really need to do your homework and dig in. Find out why is that dividend so high? Because chances are that means the stock price is probably down, which increases the dividend percentage. And if the stock price is down, that means other investors might not have such a bright prognosis for that company. So you might be getting a six or 7% dividend, but you can lose that easily in one bad day. All right. So don't get, uh, don't get misled or uh, um, seduced, if you will, <laughs> by a large, by a large dividend, because it might very well come back to, you know, haunt you or take the rest of that money out of your other pocket. One of the things the shift just said, mentioned, he said, um, time or inflation sensitive investments. What would that be? And is that, you a know, thing? he's, it, it, it is. I, my, the way that I took that is he's talking about what we call cyclical stocks, okay. which would be like, you know, like your steel companies, things like that. So think of Cleveland Cliffs, you know, steel manufacturers, companies um, that, that, that when the economy is doing well, the price tends to perform better. Uh, airlines are cyclical as well. Carnival you know, cruise lines are cyclical. So, but those are also higher risk areas. Um, you could, I think he referenced gold. All right. Gold hasn't done anything. In fact, Gold, I'm pretty, I'm 90% sure gold has underperformed the market pretty much forever. Um, you know, there are periods of time, periods of time in which gold makes sense. Some people are saying you should look at Bitcoin instead of looking at gold. You know, so there's, there's a lot of ideas out there, different ways that you can uh, build a portfolio. But I think really what it comes down to, okay, first, let's step back a minute and say, how much risk do you want to take? First, let's figure out the risk profile. All right. And then, and then I like to ask my clients, you know what? I can get you a guaranteed rate right now today. I can get 5.6, actually 5.65, I think. Um, guaranteed, no charges, no fees, no risk, no moving parts. It's just a plain vanilla guaranteed rate for five years. And the reason I say to look at five years as opposed to six months or one year, like I was saying with T-bills, is because those T-bills will work until short-term interest rates, you know, start to come back down, then you should make a little more money on the price of those T-bills, but you're not going to have a long duration. In other words, it'll work for a year or two. And then, and then at that point, you're probably going to be looking for something else. So if you think that interest rates are going to start coming down in the next year or two, then it probably makes sense to lock in a longer rate. So if you think rates are coming down next year, you should probably be thinking about, you know what, what can I get for five years or six years or, or, or maybe longer? It depends on your own personal situation, which I can help you figure that out. But if you think rates are coming down, the moral of the story is to find a fixed rate for a longer period of time. So you're going to be locked in at a higher rate than rates are going to be probably in another year or two. Mm -hmm. Well, again, so with the interest rates, uh, not just the Fed rate, but again, just, you know, for buying uh, that, that that's certainly on the, uh, you know, on the rise. It has been How, I mean, is that negatively infecting, affecting people or are we just adjusting? I'm sorry. So can you say that again? What's neg what's neg so what if the people? so I mean, the, the high interest rates and, and uh, the higher interest rates, like for for buying a home, is that preventing yes. people or are we just adjusting? Well, you know what? Actually, it's going to be a little bit of both. It okay. is um, on the one hand. Okay. Well, 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 there's something to separate here. All right. You got to separate your savers from your borrowers first. Okay? All right. Be because your higher interest rates for savers, people that don't have any debt and they're just trying to save money, higher interest rates are fantastic. This is a very, very welcome thing. They haven't seen, we haven't seen interest rates like this in roughly 20 years. And so anybody that has money without having debt 
and they just want to save based on a guaranteed interest rate, these are the highest rates they've seen in, in a long, long time. And it's very, very welcome. On the flip side, people that are borrowers, typically that are younger, that have debt, then the higher interest rates are definitely a bigger burden. Um, no question about it. On the favorable side, one of the economic reports that came out this week showed that wages are now rising faster than inflation. All right. Well, that's so good news. That right. That means you got more buying power. Yeah. And 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 so um, it could, you know, and this is something we got to keep a close watch on, though, because what we want to see, in my opinion, is just like inflation is coming down. We want that rate of wage growth to slow down. Sorry, folks, don't, you know, don't throw me out the window. Um, but if wage growth continues as inflation is coming down, that means we're going to continue to have, we're going to, well, it's, it's going to turn inflation back up again. Because if you got to pay your labor force more money, then the boss, the owner of that company, the shareholders of that company are going to say, you guys have to raise prices, which, which is inflation for the consumer. Mm -hmm. so, so we've got a lot of things. And that's why I was saying before that the Fed's job, the Federal Reserve job, is a very, it's an extremely difficult one. We've got, I mean, we've got the biggest economy in the world, right? And there, and we've got what, 320 or 330 million people or something. It's, it's a big, big, big ship, right? And you can't turn this thing on a dime. So, so it is important to take a look at where things are at. One other thing with interest rates, like with the housing market, for everybody that has, I want to say that roughly two thirds of how, I think it's about 60, 65% of homes have a mortgage on them. And for those people, and the majority of those, I believe roughly 90% of those mortgages are below 3%. So for anybody like that in that situation, when they're thinking about if, if they might think about selling, now what they're looking at is, wait a minute, I'm going to sell my house. I've got a 3% mortgage and I'm going, to, I'm going to get a new house with what, a 6.5%, mortgage? That means they're going to get a lot less house. And that's why home sales are, have, are not, have not been as robust because everybody that's sitting on a low interest rate mortgage they don't want to move and they're not going to move because that would require them to take on a lot higher interest rate. And so that's why home builders, very surprisingly, home builder stocks are doing fantastic, right? And a lot of people, and, and I, for one, personally, beginning of the year, I'd have said, no, I don't. How can that happen? If we're going into recession and people are going to be losing their jobs, how is that good for home builders? But the fact is the economy is so strong, people have not been losing their jobs. They're quitting but they're not getting fired or laid off, not in big numbers yet. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I think what we're looking at is a situation um, where home, I think home prices are going to be sticky. As long as the economy is this strong, I don't expect to see much weakness in housing prices. I don't expect a bunch of people to start moving. Uh, I think it's only the people that are you know, cash that own, own their homes outright. They can move if they want to because they don't have to take a new mortgage. Um, but it's a tough environment. It's tough for people that are just getting started. The interest rates are higher, but if you look historically, they're actually right in line with the norms going back, I want to say, 50 years. Wow. Okay. Well, I, yeah. So let's talk about inflation for a second. And I was talking to somebody having a discussion about inflation and what it is, what it isn't kind of a thing. And my my side, I, all I said was, isn't inflation a normal part of our economy? It is for sure. Yeah, it's the it's the rate of inflation. Right, the rate that that that's a, that affects us, but it's always there. You we talked about it since we've been doing shows. Oh, for sure, for sure. And and you want you you want there to be health. You want there to be inflation. It's it's for an economy to be healthy. We do need to see a little bit of inflation, and that's when the the Fed has uh, basically decided two percent is like the magical number. Um, and so if we could maintain an environment of you know one and a half to two and a half percent inflation. Uh, we'll be chugging right along. We won't we, we won't have any big shocks to the economy. 
you know, we're not going to be, we're not going to have people stressing out because prices are rising so fast or so quickly. And so I think if we can get that back down, that is where we want to be. There's, there should always be some inflation, but you, but typically, you know, you want your wages to at least keep up, if not exceed the rate of inflation. Right. Yes. So, so hopefully wages are going up, let's say three, three, three to 4% and inflation is going up two to 3%. Then overall the, 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 the worker has, has got more buying power and that'd be a, that would be a healthy economy. But um, I'm not saying we're not saying we expect prices to start going down, guys. All right. We're just saying we, what I'm saying is I don't expect they're not going up as fast. All right. But um, most things I doubt you're going to see prices go down. Well, that's just normal. I mean, anytime a price goes up, why would it come back down? Oh, it, it, it is. It is normal. Well, it's happened with milk. Right. <laughs> I guess it's yeah. according to my wife, according to my wife anyway. Um and, and eggs. So those, those have come down, but I think, have, I, but yeah. I think that, I think that was due to supply shock. And I think there was supply, you know, the supply lines were cut, the shipping, you know, all Avion the ships. flu. Yeah. There's so many things that happen. Oh God, they had to call so many birds. Yeah. Um, exactly. you, you know, and, and so that was just supply and demand in addition to coming from the pandemic and everything all, all the mess that entailed. And so there are some individual dynamics within, uh, within different areas. Uh, that you might see some price weakness. Actually, cars. I think car prices have actually come down. I know Ford just knocked off what ten grand off the price of some of their right. cars. Well, it seems like um, the new cars are going down, and the used cars are st- are holding their value. Yeah, you know that's a that's a that's a puzzler to me. Yeah, me <laughs> you know, too. I don't because I I look you know, I, I I just I love cars. I look like it. I'm looking at them, and it's a constant battle to not buy a new car um, because financially that's a bad move. But um, but I think you're right. I think the the new prices have been coming down, and uh, the used one, used prices are staying strong. I don't know. I don't know. Probably probably because high, new car prices have gotten so high, most there's just more demand for a used car because people don't want to shell out you know sixty or seventy thousand dollars, and that's just an average car. That's not. There's plenty of them that are in the mid one hundreds now. Mm-hmm. Wow, kind of, which is kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, <laughs> kind of crazy. Exactly. Uh, folks, again, uh, the, uh, Kevin Brooker with Silverleaf Financial, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, and again, let's talk about, um, well, how about diversification in your portfolio right now in terms of, do we have to do anything differently with the, the economy, what it is? And again, I'm not saying it's bad, uh, but it's based on what you know, Kevin, what should we be doing? You, you know what? I... I... Okay, first of all, we we we'll, we we want to step back and remember that all investors are not the same. First of all, true. All right. Yeah. So if, so it depends on if I'm t- am I talking to somebody that's 25, 45, 75? Um, no, you're talking you to know, your your client, your your client that's that's either near or in retirement. All right. So somebody that's either near or in retirement, and I'm going to say they've got a moderate risk profile, which means mm-hmm. they're okay taking some risk, but they don't want to have everything at risk. And, and so what I like to do in a situation like this, a portfolio, I think a 60-40 portfolio right now makes a ton of sense for somebody that, let, let's say, is in their 50s or 60s. In other words, it doesn't. It could be 60% stocks or it could be 60% bonds. The other side is, is the reverse, of course. Or you could just keep it simple and go 50-50. My point is that with interest rates where they are now, over 5%, for, as we talked about earlier with T-bills, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, I own them myself. Um, but it doesn't mean, you know, I know I'm, we're not the same though, because although a lot of investors have similar goals, there's a lot of individual nuance from one person to the next. And I'll tell you when I find out, when I can tell that somebody, um, is really not as in touch with themselves from a risk standpoint as they should be, 
is when they tell me that they're good with risk, they're okay with it. They've been investing in stocks a long time. They understand it goes ups and down, up and down. I always tell people the market can drop at 20%. The market can drop 20% at any point in time. And, a year, and on a year-to-year basis, we never know what the market's going to do. It's over many, many, many years that we see good returns. But people tend to forget that. And so what happens, what, like for instance, last year when the market just tanked, stocks and bonds, totally tanked. If I get calls from people that are panicked, then that tells me they're, they're, they're exposed to more risk than they're really comfortable with. Otherwise, they wouldn't be calling me up panicking and worrying about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so that's the, the cue to me to say, you know what? I want to try to lower this person's risk. And, and so uh, it's very, that's why the communication is so important between you and your advisor. Because whatever you're feeling, maybe you're feeling the other side. Maybe you say, you know what? I'm, I'm young and, I, and I'm making a lot of money and I want to take more risk. I've got clients like that too. And, and so that's where the communication is so critical between you and your advisor to let them know what you're thinking, how you're feeling, because they should be able to do a better job for you um, if you let them know exactly how you're feeling and what your thoughts are about how they've been managing your accounts. And so, but I do believe now for, for an investor that's pre-retired or retired, uh, I could, you know what I could, some retirees are perfectly comfortable having all of their money in bonds at 5%. You know, they're totally fine with that because mm-hmm. just a couple of years ago, they couldn't even get three. So, so it does depend on the individual. I would say, Steve, one thing I like to talk to people about is, and I like to ask them is, can you hit your goals? Can you live the life that you want to live with, if you're only making 5% of your portfolio? And if the answer is yes, if, and if they say it quickly, oh yeah, no problem. Then, then my question is, why do you want to take the risk of a loss then? Do, do you need to? So I don't think, I, I think you, you, to me, the reason you invest in the stock market is because you want to see double digit returns on the stock portion of your portfolio. Sure. And, and if you're, if you're happy with 5% or five and a half percent, I can get you that on a guaranteed basis with zero risk right now, no cost. So if that's something you're interested in, by all means, give me a call. Um, be happy to, to, to show you how I'm doing it, but these are guaranteed returns. You can get guaranteed returns, five and a half percent for five years right now, no cost. If that's what would get you where you want to be, then in my opinion, you don't need to take the risk of the stock market. Boy, that makes sense to me, Kevin. 800-975-6717. It's 800-975-6717. You can call Kevin or visit the website, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there as well. And so in the in the time we got left, let's talk a little bit about this survey uh, between baby boomers and Gen X. You interested? Sure, sure. Right. You know what? I, what? I am. I'll, I'll admit, I do have to sit back and say, okay, Gen X, which one is that now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Here we go. Um, <laughs> and this is this is the 23rd annual survey of the from the Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. So they've been doing this a while. They've got good data. So Generation X, those born between 1965 and 1980. Okay, right behind the boomer. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, But here's, what's, here's what I find interesting is, is the Gen Xers right now, the older ones are in their, in their late 50s. And they've got to start thinking about retirement as well. My question is, do you find you're seeing more Gen Xers now than, than I don't mean more than baby boomers, but are they sort of coming to the surface to say, I got to get my stuff together? Well, you know what some of them are, but, but in all honesty, not, not a lot. Okay. Um, Does that surprise and, you? And it, can, it, it, I guess I'd say I'm a little disappointed with it. I'm not surprised, Okay. but I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed because I hope as more time goes by, uh, I always say to myself, hopefully we can evolve and become smarter and wiser and better and all this. Um, and, and so my hope would be that people would actually start to invest sooner, start to think about retirement sooner. 
Um, but what I'm seeing is actually a trend in the opposite direction. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing fewer people really even thinking about their retirement until they're in their 50s. And, and, and that's a big mistake uh, because you, you've lost decades where you could have been, the, the portfolio could have been growing. Uh, but obviously life gets in the way sometimes, right? Sure. And, and so, we, we, you know, in most situations, I can find a way to help somebody. Um, you know, it does, that doesn't necessarily mean, though, that I'm going to be able to that, that I'm going to be able to help you get to retirement, you know, you know, in two weeks or in two months or two right. years. Right. You know, it all depends on the situation. But I can tell you without a doubt that the sooner you start investing, the better off you're going to be over time. And, and so, unfortunately, um, I think a lot of people, they they. Uh, I think with the pandemic, especially over the last few years, I think a lot of people, they just say, you know what? I don't, I don't really care about my retirement right now. I just want to get the heck out of the house. Yep. And, and so I think people are, are sacrificing saving right now so they can go and take a trip. They can travel. They can go to a concert. Apparently, if you want to go see Taylor Swift, that's going to cost you a couple of grand. At so, least, maybe more. So, <laughs> so I, I couldn't believe when I heard that. I'm like, oh, my, I am, I'm not going to any more concerts. No, so, no, no, no. I no. couldn't believe I couldn't believe that thousand dollars for one ticket. I know, oh. and that's <laughs> and that's just the cheap seats. It's probably a cheap seat, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh my gosh, that better be a heck of a concert. So, <laughs> but I, you know, but I do think I do think that's what people are doing, I, and and I th and I think it's because we're all you know we're all kind of locked up over the last few years, and so I think I think people are shifting some of that money. They just want to get out. They want to have a good time, and and that's fine. That's fine. I would I would still ask you to try to save some money as well. Um, you know, but I understand if that's where you're at right now, just make sure you get back to savings as, as soon as you can, because over time you'll be, you'll be happy you did. All right. Here's a, I'm going to give a couple of stats from, for Gen Xers, uh, from the, uh, Transamerica study for retirement. Um, 17% of Gen X workers are very confident they'll be able to fully retire with a comfortable lifestyle, only 17%. And contrast that you've got 80% of them that are concerned Social Security is not going to be there for them. They don't sound very optimistic. No, and, that's To me, that. that would motivate me to, to, to go see you even faster or even more often. And, and that's, and right. And that's really, that's, that's how, that's how I come. That's a conclusion I come to. And I yeah. think that, you know, especially when, cause I hear a lot of people say, I don't have a clue. I don't know where to start. You, you know what? You start with sitting down with somebody. Just, just you, don't be intimidated. Don't worry about it. We, we, we've talked, we talk to people that know absolutely nothing about investing, and we talk to people that are very, very highly educated. I've got some clients that have, you know, like three master's degrees and including in finance, mm -hmm. but they still use an advisor. Okay. And 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 a lot of people would say, wait a minute, you get an MBA from the University of Chicago in finance and you still use an advisor? And some people will question that. And you know what the answer is? Because he knows how difficult it can be. Right. He knows he can he can knows he can benefit from somebody else's opinions. He knows that he doesn't know everything. And, and I'm not saying that I do, but I, but if you believe that two heads are better than one, then to me, it makes sense to have an advisor. Um, you know, I know that I know a lot of people don't feel that way, but, uh, that, and that's your, and that's your choice. But I do think you could benefit from sitting down and having a conversation with somebody, seeing what he or she could offer you and whether it might make sense. And always remember it, it, it this isn't a light, this isn't like a marriage. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to go to a judge or hire a lawyer to end the relationship. Okay. Right. If you're in there, if, if, if after a while you're not happy with it, you, 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 you're not impressed, whatever it might be, just leave. All right. Leave. You don't need a lawyer. You don't need a court. You don't need a judge. You can just leave. All right. So, sure. so, so I think it makes, if, if I think if people would look at it like that, just say, you know what, try it for a few years, two, three years, enough to go through a market cycle. All right. Don't, mm -hmm. not, not like, not like three months. Um, I, th I think if you tried it, you, you, you might find, 
maybe you'd surprise yourself and find out you really like it. And you might start saying, you know what? I think other people should be doing this too. Sure. Wow. I mean, again, this this show went by really too fast, Kevin. I had more questions for you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but again, so let's sum it up the way, I mean, sum it up now. I mean, we covered some ground here. We talked a bit about the Fed, we, the Fed rate, um, you know, inflation, protecting our assets. Uh, what's What's the takeaway from all that? You know what? I think right now is a real good time. We're, we're going in a period of seasonal weakness for the stock market. August and September are typically two of the weakest, you know, the worst months of the year, if you will. It doesn't mean there's no guarantee it's going to turn out that way. But considering that we've had a heck of a run this year in stocks and that interest rates have come up the way that they have, I'm suggesting everybody take a look at how you feel about your portfolio. If you want to reduce risk, now is the time to do it. I would say reduce some risk if you're not comfortable with the level that you have and shift into some guaranteed interest rates, maybe go into some T-bills, all right? If you're comfortable with it, then by all means, stick with it. What I'm saying is that based on where we're at now, might be a good opportunity to reallocate some of your portfolio if you feel like you've taken on more risk than you're really comfortable with. All right, folks, give Kevin a call. It's 800-975-6717, or you can just visit silverleaffinancial.com and, and reach out to Kevin that way. This has been a fun show, Kevin, and, and, and boy, it goes by so quickly, but I really like the discussion today. It does. Thank you very much, Steve. Guys, I hope I hope you enjoyed it as well. And please reach out, shoot me an email, or uh, give me a phone call anytime. This for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, hosts, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today.